VoiceAmerica.com. VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. Live from the beach in Venice. Here we are today, Stars of PR. Welcome, my guest, Peter Epstein. Welcome, Peter. Me here. You're very, very welcome. Are you on a cell phone? No, I'm not, but uh, maybe I'm a little far from my base of the wireless phone. Let me move a little closer, and you tell me if this is getting better. It's getting warmer. Okay. It's getting warmer. Getting warmer, Peter. Good. How's this? (laughs) Much better. Perfect. Much better. So you know that you're going to be on the show for an hour today. I, I, I'm happy to, uh, to participate. No, it's good. We're going to talk about all about PJE, okay? Okay. We're going to talk all about the fact that you are now a clothing, you're a clothing king. Right. Um, but before we get to that, we have to talk about PR news. That's what we always have to do because it's a PR show. So I will give you my opinion and you can debate me, okay? Sounds good. I think, I mean, you grew up in New York, so that's why I think that this is close to your heart, too. Okay. But for those of us who have been listening to Don Imus for 30 years, okay, you're familiar with Don Imus, yes? Um, Yes, definitely. I think, okay, I never agree, I never really liked the racial remarks on radio without being an equal opportunity offender, okay? But you know what? Just like Howard Stern, Don Imus has always been an equal opportunity offender. This isn't new. Right. You know, and I just think that this is a place where, you know, finally people just want to get rid of him because he costs a lot of money, and this is an excuse. Well, I mean, in my mind, for for somebody like, you know, Don Imus, and I'm not an expert in him, but the thing is, you're, you know, he does, that's his, his role as being sort of provocative. That's how he makes money. That's how he makes CBS money. That's how he makes MSNBC money. Now the thing is, though, if if you're if you're somebody who who sort of lives by being provocative, it's it's sort of a high risk, high return sort of thing. You you you, you know, you always run the risk that it's going to come back and bite you. And so I think that you know, in his case, like you know, I agree that it, it's sort of like after sort of years of this type of comment. One of them finally really resonated, um, but you know, if you sow the wind, you, you have to be prepared to reap the whirlwind. So. Uh, yeah, I guess that's a, I guess that's good academic advice. Good academic, but there's a lot of fans in New York because, you know, we're just seeing the national press. We're not really seeing, you know, the New York explosion over it. And there are a lot of fans that are saying, "God, what's new?" Right. You know, he offends everybody. So I always like to ask the question, what's really going on? And I just think this is a really nice way for CBS to finally say, we're finished with Don Imus, and it's time for him to go on to retirement pastures. And I'm not saying anything that the New York Times hasn't already said. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's the case, but at the same time, I, in fact, I was thinking about it yesterday because it is sort of kind of a, a PR issue. How do you handle something like this, and and how do you, you know, recover from it or not recover, or what should he say or what should he not say? And you know, I was thinking about it, and, and on uh, I forget what station, but there was a friend of his, I guess, a friend or a lawyer, you know, really vigorously defending him, saying, you know, he's done all this great stuff. He should, uh, you know, get us another chance. He's, he's, you know, let, we're big on forgiveness in this country. Let's give him a chance. And as I was watching, you know, are we going to ruin his life over this? As I was watching it, I mean, really, here's the thing. People, you know, all this ultimately is, is him losing his job. Like, the, the you know, the remarks will, will get over. And in terms of losing his job, people lose their jobs every day. And, you know, people who are much less equipped to, you know, support themselves without a job, lose their jobs every day. So it's it's like, look, he's losing his job. Oh, that's exactly right. I mean, but that's the real deal in analyzing the news. You know, the headlines in the last couple of weeks have been interesting. You know, Nancy Pelosi goes to Syria, and then she's criticized by the president. Do you think that the Speaker of the House really would go to Syria without the White House's permission? <laughs> right. You know, it's like public relations people, and we know that that's your background, although... 
you know, you're doing other things with right. PJE Los Angeles. Right. Um, but it's just like really, it's weird when you watch the news knowing how the news is made. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that, that, you know, I mean, one thing that I'm, I, I, you know, tell people is like I'm constantly amazed at, you know, they don't, I mean, the news in general is, is pretty good and pretty rigorous about, about, you know, being accurate and, and sort of really analyzing situations well, but at the same time, you know, there, there's always something wrong, as in like a fact wrong or something they didn't get right or somebody gets misquoted. And it's just like there's a lot of, you know, it's not just because it's in print doesn't mean it's, it's 100% accurate. Well, I think like, that's a good statement. People depend on it to be the do-all, tell-all, godly, you know, enterprise of what's going on in the world, and that's not really the case. We, they're human and they're definitely not infallible. Right. I mean, and, and again, like, you know, it's, it's a tough job, and in general, it's, it's, you know, really right on, but a lot of times, you know, things will slip through that, that are, are, you know, inaccurate, and, and you know, it's, you sort of, if you're, if you're not, you know, sort of behind the scenes seeing, like, how it's all put together, you might not, you know, get a sense of that and the idea that, you know, sort of take everything with a, you know, with a grain of salt or wait for it to be sort of verified somewhere else. Or learn, you know, educationally that looking at something just because it calls itself a news source isn't exactly, it's there to provoke, it's there sort of, you know, to give sort of, you know, their own definition of an objective opinion, but that doesn't mean that you can't analyze it and say to yourselves what's really going on. And I think that's what's missing in America, but that's a whole other subject. Right. <laughs> but let's talk, about, let's talk about what's really happening in America. PGE Los Angeles, tell us about it. Well, PGE Los Angeles is my relatively new um, premium T-shirt company uh, that I started sort of doing in earnest last year, though. It, it, it builds upon the fact that I have in the past you know, designed and made apparel and, and sold it. But this, this, you know, in the past year, you know, I've gone from doing it sometimes or part-time to, to full-time. And it's, uh, you know, it's a really fun endeavor, and it's selling something that people <laughs> are always going to be buying, which is T-shirts, um, you know, and hopefully in a, you know, kind of upscale and, and appealing way. Right. No, I, I think that's true. But what made you want to go into it, and what differentiates your product, and what made you ever decide to launch it? I mean, you were pretty much known to be, you know, a public relations guy, or at least that's how people told me that they knew you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's a good question. I mean, the reason I decided, it was kind of a sort of confluence of, of reasons. You're right. I, my background is public relations over the past almost 10 years, my, you know, it's been PR for, you know, a, a variety of technology companies, finance companies, gaming companies. Uh, I worked in San Francisco during the late 90s and, and early 2000, uh, you know, doing a lot of dot-com PR at the height of the, actually not only at the height, but at the sort of building up to the height uh, of the, the boom. Um, but the reason I, I, you know, at this point decided to do, launch the company full-time was because, uh, you know, I wanted to do something that combined my interest in business, in marketing, and in fashion. And, you know, having your own apparel company is, is really something that combines all three of those things. The other, the other part of the, the reason I, you know, decided to, to really do this now is because I just wanted to have... Um, my own company. You know, working in PR, one of the things that I, I really enjoy is that, you know, working with clients and, and really seeing how you can, you know, they come to you with, say, a sort of, you know, a box of information sort of to, to sort of be kind of metaphorical about it with all this information about their company. And you sort of go through it and you assemble it into a coherent story that, that's you know, attractive to the media and to consumers. And after doing that for, for a number of years, I realized that it would be fun for me to be the story. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's... Well, here you are. Not. You're a story. You're an apparel company. You're on the air. <laughs> right. Yeah, and so it's, 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 it's 
working, and it's still a little weird talking about myself as opposed to, you know, setting up uh, somebody else to talk about what, what they're doing and what their company is. But I really wanted to be, you know, this, this, after being behind the story for so long, I wanted to see what it was like to, to be the story. Um, and, and the other thing is I really like, I like learning about new things. And I like doing new things, constantly learning, constantly doing new things, and, and you know, launching your own company. There's, I learn something new every day. There's a new sort of challenge each day that I have to kind of creatively solve, and I find that very, um, you know, stimulating. It really is, isn't it? It's like beginning a business, you know, not many people can do it. Some people don't even get incorporated or get an LLC or doing business as. Right. And even the administrative work involved, you know, you got to do paperwork and then you get a tax ID. It makes you into a – getting that tax ID, I think, makes you feel more like a business than a person. Well, I, I mean, that's definitely, uh, you know, a first early step. And, it, and it's, you know, by doing that, you, you know, you're stepping away from, I suppose, somebody who just has a hobby and then, of course – you know, in apparel anyway, the, the importance of having that, that sort of documentation is the fact that you are now paying the wholesale prices to, to vendors, for instance. You know, you, you can't just, the person off the street can't just kind of go in and start paying wholesale prices. Well, it differentiates you, and that's when the process happens. You really become a walking business that has entitlement to thir- certain things that people who don't, you know, have a tax ID number can't do. It's, um, it gives you sort of a status. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, it's, well, I mean, it's just, you know, one, one of the many steps in, in launching a company. Um, so it's, it's been, you know, it's been very, uh, you know, it's been very good. No, I, I think that's fantastic. And when did you exactly start this? When is the date that PJE Los Angeles started? Gosh, um, when is the date that you know? I do, I'd love to have. I'm bad with having uh, single points of reference, so exact dates or so favorite books. You have book to know or, that, Peter. You have to know that this is supposed to be an educational show. And when you're doing your taxes, I'm sure that your accountant is going to work with you on what fiscal year you are on. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I do have that, but I, I sort of hesitate to. What I can say is that it's it's been, I would say, starting full-time since mid-last year. However, you know, as I mentioned, I had sold, I had designed and sold shirts in the past. So the company has actually, you know, legally been in existence for the past few years. Oh, well, that's good. Well, listen, we're going to take a break. Okay. And we'll see you in a few minutes. Stand by. I will do that. Listen wherever, whenever, voiceamerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. Festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L Entertainment.com or call 1 818 597 0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. Muscular Development presents Noble Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding. Uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous muscle mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else every week. Noble Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like if Howard was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained. VoiceAmerica.com 
Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Cindy Rakowitz. Here I am, and we are back with the founder of PJE Los Angeles. Welcome back, Peter. Hi, Cindy. Hello again. Well, anyway, just going back to taxes and all of that, because, again, it's an educational show. I have to keep on talking to people about what to do and otherwise they, you know, blast me with emails saying that I talked about a business and they didn't understand. Um, my experience in launching a business was this. You have to go see an accountant. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you have to go see an accountant because when you're a business rather than, you know, an individual working for somebody else, um, you know, they can help you plan your fiscal years so that it is most appealing and acceptable to the IRS, and that actually helps you. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's simply something like having, you know, business cards or, or any any other thing that you do when you have a business. I mean, it's one of the, one of the other steps that you take, you know, and, and sort of combined with that, what I'd also say is that it's really important, you know, especially if you're a small company and, and you're responsible for a lot of that stuff, is to be rigorous about keeping track of what you're spending money on and what your your expenses are and, and keeping great records because, you know, if you just sort of uh, kind of put it off and say, oh, I'll, I'll deal with that later, I'm, I'm really going to, I'm here being a salesperson or I'm here being a creative person, you know, uh, the, the finances will, I'll just take care of them when, when I get to them. That's a great sort of way of, of creating a, a big problem for yourself, you know, months or a year down the, lo- the, the line. Yeah, no, it really is. It's very, very important once you run a business to definitely get a good accountant to help you keep all of that in order and great records. And I hate to say this because I hate charge cards because of the interest, but unfortunately when you're running a business, sometimes that's, the best way that you could keep track because they, in essence, do the records for you. Um, and it's just, I, I'm very, very anti-charge card for a number of reasons, but, you know, cards like American Express, for example, will really itemize everything for the accountant, making the accountant happy. So there is an upside sometimes. Well, I mean, with, with a credit card, I try, when possible, to put most of my business expenses on a business credit card for the exact reason that you mentioned in that, you know, they keep track of it. It's all there for you. Um, and and also it, it really centralizes just, you know, paying for things. You know, you're not paying a bunch of different people. You're paying the credit card company. Um, so I find <clears throat> it's a great way to organize my finances. And then also my credit card that I use is a, you know, one of these mileage cards for frequent flyer miles on airlines. So and you get something. Yeah, you know, it's. I mean, what business person, you know, wouldn't benefit from having some extra, you know, miles they can use to fly around, you know, the country or, or if they're, you know, big enough the world, I suppose, to, you know, meet with customers or get new ideas. No, exactly right. Okay, so we're saying that there is a benefit. Just don't make your credit... Don't don't think that the credit charge if you're if you're using a credit card rather than a charge card <laughs> be careful of the interest and if you're getting charged 26% do something about it. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know if if credit cards I mean 26% seems awfully high. I, I don't know. Well, that's what Bank America does to people who have had problems with their credit in the past. Oh, okay. So they're like, "Here, we'll give you as much credit as you want, but because your credit score is really not really good, um, we're going to charge you 26%." And that's criminal, and there's always a way out. <laughs> so do something about it. There are debt consolidation services. Lead point could actually get you to the right one. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, it's true. Anyway, but okay, tell me how you did kind of start PJE Los Angeles as sort of a hobby, right? I mean, tell us about you know how a boy from the Bronx that goes into public relations, you know, that knows all about big businesses like aviation and technology and all of that kind of stuff. You know, was it like a hobby? Were you into art? How did it all happen? Well, okay, let's. I'll uh, step back um, and kind of give you the the overview. First off, I'm actually from Manhattan, not the Bronx. 
Okay, well, you know what? Because you kept on saying that you went to school with Ron Tarosian, I always think of Ron Tarosian being from the Bronx, even though he went to school in Manhattan too, right? Yes. yes. Okay. So, so I, I grew up in Manhattan, and, and you know, nothing wrong with the Bronx. It's great. No. Uh, but I grew up in Manhattan, and I did go, go to school in Manhattan. You know, uh, my background is, you know, again, like my professional background is, is mostly, uh, you know, public relations, but... You know, growing up, I had a lot of interests. I, I like working with my hands, for instance. Um, I've always liked fashion. And I've always liked doing things where, again, I can I can do something new uh, and learn something new. And, you know, growing up in New York, my, you know, in terms of sort of my kind of provenance on this sort of thing, one of my grandfathers owned a buying office in New York for, you know, I think 20 or 30 years in in you know, in the 40s and 50s and 60s or 30s, 40s and 50s. Uh, so he was in, you know, the fashion industry. He was a small businessman with a, with a buying office. And then I actually had another uh, grandfather, I suppose, the, the other, the one other grandfather who was, you know, a professional uh, artist. And so, you know, kind of drawing on, on the sort of like, you know, art on one side business slash the fashion industry business, on the other, uh, you know, I guess it's been in me in a certain extent. When I went to school, uh, I went to Vassar, which is in upstate New York. And, uh, yes, it's, it's co-ed. It used to be all girls, but it went co-ed in 69. That's a question I sometimes get. Um, and I was actually a film major in school, so it was, it was, you know, kind of a creative pursuit. So I've always liked doing a lot of different things. I've liked business. I've liked art. Um, and I like, you know, sort of being out on my own trying to figure out how to, you know, make sense of whatever it is I'm doing. And, again, it, it, the, the business, marketing, fashion interests, you know, kind of coalesced into this, this company. And, you know, to go back I, in terms of a hobby, um, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing I think probably a lot of people, you know, whatever they're doing will say, well, one of the most common ones here we are in Hollywood is that uh, is that you know somebody sees a movie or a TV show and says, "Well, I could write something better than that, or just as good as that, or how come they're doing it and I'm not?" Uh, you know, so for me it was kind of like I you, know, you see T-shirts and clothes all around, and I thought, "Well, gosh, I could do that. Uh, why not?" You know, and it, it's obviously not as easy as just picking it up and and doing it because for the most part, it's the trick is. I think probably most people can do, you know, if they want to do something, they can do one of it or a couple of it. But to to have a sustained pattern of where you're constantly coming up with new uh, things is, is difficult. So I started out as kind of a hobbyist, you know, well, can I make a shirt and sell it? <laughs> so I made, I made actually, I think, two shirts and, and sold them, literally just two shirts. But didn't that feel good? I mean, you just kind of like made something, and then somebody bought it. It it felt it felt fantastic that I was, you know. There's a demand for your design. There was a demand for what you did. Yeah, it, it was incredibly it was incredibly gratifying. You know, the funny thing is when I look back on those garments, it's it's actually I, I'm a little bit like I, I wouldn't say cringe is the right word, but it's kind of like as you progress, you know, you get better at stuff, and and just looking at them, I, I see all these things that are wrong, and, and, well, I would have done this differently and this differently, and, and uh, but, you know, it was, it was a start, and it was very gratifying to have people paying money for it, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, I was in Maxim Magazine. No, I mean, that's a, it, it is incredible, you know, there are people that hire PR firms to be in Maxim Magazine, and I guess because of your know-how and because of your recognition, you know, for a good product, you know, why not, right? Yeah. But yeah. the public relations background helps a little bit, doesn't it? The public relations background helps a, a, a ton of bit. <laughs> um, in, in a ton of bit. A ton yeah. of bit in, in so many different ways. I mean, first off, one of the ways it helps is the fact that, you know, in any endeavor, especially something like selling clothes which or T-shirts even, which everybody buys, uh, is the fact that if if I can, you know, get 
articles or mentions or, or product photos in magazines, newspapers, et cetera, that's going to really help me, uh, you know, in my sales, both to consumers and, and to stores, because, you know, if somebody sees that, uh, you know, Vogue or L or Seventeen or Maxim or Details, you know, has featured your product, that's giving it, you know, that third-party um, sort of independent seal of approval. So being able to work with the media and, and also knowing what they're looking for is, is you know, it's, it's a great way to really sort of fuel your your business success. Um, it, it, it's really invaluable, especially especially if you're just selling something, yeah. you know, a physical product. It, it, it cannot be beat. And then on the other side, PR is good in general because, you know, having done it for, for you know, almost 10 years, uh, you really get a sense, or I really got a sense, of how business works and how different industries work. Um, and that has given me, you know, the confidence in terms of, from a business end, um, putting, putting everything together. And I would also say that just... You know, a lot of what PR is is building relationships. Um, you know, putting something together in a way that is is palatable or exciting to somebody else, and that's really you know when you have a company, you're you're building relationships and you're trying to put things together in a way that that are exciting for for other people. Um, and that's a skill definitely gleaned from PR. No, it definitely is. A lot of people, a lot of clients don't understand. You know, or people don't understand that having that third-party endorsement, as you say, of being in a Maxim or being in, you know, any kind of fashion book when you're in the product business is so much more credible than buying an ad. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, well, we're both PR people. So, I mean, uh, my my take on ads is that, you know, well, first off, I guess my take on ads is I'm not an expert on ads. So, I suppose take what my opinion with a, with a healthy grain of salt. But the thing is, especially if you're a small company, you know, if you're IBM or, or whatever, ads are, are great, um, or General Motors, you know, and you want to advertise during the Super Bowl. But something like if you're a small company, I mean, let's say you get, uh, you know, you have a, a sort of an ad in the New York Times versus an article in the New York Times, you know. Now, the, the thing about the ad in the New York Times is that anybody who has enough money you know, whatever the cost is, can get an ad in the New York Times, and it'll say what you want it to say. But it happens, it comes out one day. Everybody knows it's an ad, so they, you know, don't really pay much attention to it. And and that's it, you know. Whereas if you were to get an article in the New York Times, it's much, 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 you know, more valuable in terms of, you know, customers and, and suppliers and, and whatnot because everybody knows it's very difficult to have, have an, an article in the New York Times. And, if you have, if you've been written about, clearly you are a really good company and are, are doing something right, you know. And of course, it's very difficult to get into the New York Times. So it is. It, it is. We have to take another break. Okay. We'll talk about that more in the next segment. Stand by. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter Epstein. Stand by. Okay. Talk at your fingertips, voiceamerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. Festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. 
visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L entertainment.com. Or call 1 818 597 0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. The ability to wield power, shape the environment and the outcome, and the desire to make things happen are essential characteristics of all great leaders. Explore the essence of leadership from an insider's point of view on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio, international coach, consultant, and advisor to leaders for over 20 years. Get the unvarnished, inside story on how leaders in the spotlight take the critical decisions that deliver exceptional, real-world results and why they sometimes spectacularly and publicly fail as well. Tune into Leadership Intuitions for a behind-the-scenes look at what gets great leaders up in the morning and what keeps them up at night. Go beyond the conventional advice about what great leaders are and what they do, and learn how to create your own personal legacy as a leader. Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio broadcasts each Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Now back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back with Peter Epstein, President, PJE Los Angeles, a division of Peter Epstein Clothing. Yay! <laughs> Hi, Cindy. Hi, Peter. Yeah, we were talking about the New York Times before. It's um, it's very tough to get in, but I can't tell you how many people I've been talking to, you know, for over the last 20-plus years about, you know, can you buy an article in the New York Times? Like, so many people are clueless about public relations. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, amazing. And no, you can't buy an article in the New York Times, we know. <laughs> Well, you could do an advertorial, um, which is a whole different thing. Right. Well, I mean, that again. I mean, people know people. People can smell an ad when it's an ad, and of course, that's you know. Well, now you have to put advertisements on the top of it. You think? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. So many people don't understand the art of knowing, you know, the, you know, the art and the skill and the work that goes into knowing a press contact, so that press contact can trust you and trust your product. Uh, definitely. And, um, you know, but I want to hear more about your product. Okay, so you were talking about that you've always been an artist and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, in terms of, of the product, you know, my sort of my, I started at a basic level of what I'm trying to do is create garments that are unique but relatable. And by that I mean, you know, when you look at them, you're like, wow, that's great. You know, I, I haven't seen that. That's really cool. Um, I want to wear it. But at the same time, relatable in the sense that it, it, it kind of makes sense in sort of a continuum of, of fashion or a continuum of what people wear, that it's not so out there or fashion forward or, or completely unconnected to everything else that's out there that people are like, gosh, I, I don't want to, to uh, wear that. So it's finding the balance between doing something that is unique and, and other folks uh, aren't doing or, or aren't doing the same way, um, but at the same time, people can really relate to and get excited about. Um, so that's that's sort of the basic level I start at. And then in terms of you know what I, I like to do or what we do do um, to you know make the clothes attractive is in addition to the way they they look, whether it's you know simply you know, on a computer screen or in a magazine or whatnot, I really like to focus, in addition to the look, on the, the tactile experience. So that means having a really great hand, really, you know, good feel. And so to get that, um, it actually, you know, it's funny, it, it took me probably almost a month to come up with, you know, what particular manufacturer I would use, you know, based upon the quality of their, their loomed cotton, and then how long to wash it for, because, you know, these shirts, like many shirts out there, you know, they go through an enzyme slash silicone wash to really soften them up. Mm -hmm. um, and so to find that sort of perfect balance of 
the right cotton with how long and in what mix of, of uh, you know, wash do you, you wash it in um, to really create, like, a great-feeling garment. And what, what, we, what we do is, you know, it, we're going for soft, but soft in sort of a luxe way as opposed to soft in a vintage way. Um, and as part of that, you know, in terms of the feel, um, with the screen printing inks that we use, we do a special mix for, for all of the designs so that even the ink itself has a good feel on the shirt. It's not either, uh, you know, it has like a nice texture as opposed to sort of a, a harsh feel or no feel. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, so, you know, after the, the feel of it, you know, and this goes again into the unique but relatable uh, category, is subtle details that stand out but at the same time kind of make sense in, in the course of the shirt. So, for instance, one of the things that we do a lot of, and this is on both men's and women's, um, and, you know, on women's it's old hat, but on men's it's less old hat, is integrating rhinestones into designs. And there are certainly plenty of men's shirts out there currently that have rhinestones. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not a ton, and they don't really do gangbuster sales outside of, you know, sort of the New York and L.A. ghettos. Uh, but what what I'm trying to do in terms of the rhinestones is do it in sort of a subtle, very integrated way that kind of a larger segment of men can get behind. And at the same time, when you're looking at the at the shirt, it's not overpowering, it's not, you know, in your face, but it is surprising and kind of cool. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been stopped, you know, by people who sort of walk past and sort of glimpse the shirt and then, you know, the rhinestones sort of stop them in their tracks. Actually, if you're looking to pick up girls, a lot of cute girls actually, those are the people who normally stop on the rhinestones and say, whoa, that's really cool. Yeah, uh, and cowboys did it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's new in terms of the T-shirt business, but, you know, rhinestones and men have been around for quite a while. That's true. I, I, yeah, I mean, I definitely, and that goes back to the relatable. It's not... It's not something that's totally out there. Um, so just so putting things like rhinestones on the shirt in a way that, you know, kind of people can get behind um, and that that are really integrated into, like, the actual design. So, for instance, a design of, of some of, uh, you know, one of the designs, for instance, is, uh, is this sort of trollo skull with a, a wide-brimmed hat. And so in the teeth... Uh, there are rhinestones. That's very cool because um, now you're doing now you're making it very hip and cool because if you're not going to get your teeth capped, right? <laughs> what are what are you what are you really doing? Or there's another design, you know, where there's it's a sort of an image of a a silhouette of kind of a, a guy, sort of he's he's uh, it's a it's supposed to be a sort of a survivalist militia member, and I can kind of go into why one would do a shirt with that, but on his belt buckle, his, you know, this goes back to sort of the cowboys, the belt buckle is rhinestone, so it's sort of a very sedate, subdued, boldly austere image, but then you have this sort of spark of, of light from, from the belt buckle, and it makes sense in, in, in sort of the course of, you know. Well, you're doing art, you're making, <laughs> it seems that you're taking, di- you know, disparate, um, you know, images and bringing them together. Right. And, yeah, making them work, so that's your art. Right. You know, and then I, I'd say the final thing about sort of differentiation, what I'm trying to do is present kind of an overall coherent worldview, sort of a casually sophisticated, knowingly irreverent worldview that isn't sort of message-heavy, but is, is uh, you know, there there is sort of a message to it, and I'll give you an example. The, the most current collection that I'm doing is called the American Exceptionalism Collection. And what it is, is it's a collection of Americana, but, you know, to make it more interesting, it, it's offbeat Americana. It's not, you know, sort of, it, instead of mom and apple pie, it's strippers working their way through college, or, you know, Latino gangsters, or hedge fund managers, which are all very Americana, but it's just not what we think of when we're thinking Americana. Well, some of us do. <laughs> well, some of us may. It's not, uh, let's say it's not the stereotypical Americana. And it's the kind of thing where, you know, 
if you're walking around in the shirt or if you're wearing the shirt, nobody is really necessarily saying, you know, it's not spelled out, but, but all the designs together really kind of present a coherent image. You know, and it's lighthearted and it's offbeat, and, uh, you know, people really seem to, to like it. Well, it, it seems really great. What's the website that people could look at? Uh, well, if uh, they go online to www.pje Los Angeles, all one word, all spelled out, pjelosangeles.com, uh, that's our website. And, you know, you can see everything there and, and get info on, uh, you know, what we're doing and what we're about. Well, you have one more segment to talk about things. Stay tuned, okay? Come back. Thank you. Now you can listen to your favorite hosts on your cell phone by clicking the banner on our homepage, News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment, that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L, entertainment.com, or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakn-rollentertainment.com. Free yourself from the prison of your conditioned thoughts and destroy barriers that hinder your success. Tune into Empowered Living, Life, Truth, and Being Free with host, speaker, writer, and personal coach Steve Maraboli. Steve and his expert guests take you on a quest for truth and highlight philosophies and strategies that help you release your greatest self. It's time to shake off mediocrity, destroy personal barriers, live up to your greatest potential, and align with happiness, success, and excellence. With Empowered Living, Life, the Truth, and Being Free with Steve Mariboli. Broadcasting every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Empowered Living, Life, the Truth, and Being Free. Release the power within. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now let's get back to more Stars of PR. Here's your host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Here we're back with Peter Epstein, President, PJE Los Angeles, Division of Peter Epstein Clothing. And what's the website that people can look at these outrageous designs? Well, the website, I don't know if they're, they're outrageous. I would, I would position them as fantastic and, and great and and. Pretty, pretty darn cool, uh, but not outrageous. Uh, the well, website, you know what? When you talk to the press, Peter, they're going to say about it, you know, what they want, and sometimes it might not be exactly what you want them to say, unless you're buying an ad. <laughs> well, the website, again, is uh, it's www.pjelosangeles, that's all one word, pjelosangeles.com. I know. Well, people should definitely take a look at these um, works of art, works of art, subtle works of art. You know what? Some people would think outrageous is a compliment, actually. Okay. Um, you know, there, there no no arguments. <laughs> I mean, no, but I understand what you're saying. Your positioning is meant to be a subtle, um, sort of a subtle integration of, you know, you know, your art and your interpretation of the culture, which comes out to be very, very cool. And um, it's sort of like the new smiley face, if you will. People will want to wear it. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, I certainly I certainly hope people want to wear it. I mean, and people are, are uh, you know, we, we've gotten a great response that people are wanting to wear it, which is, which is gratifying and which is, you know, it's also, uh, you know, exciting. No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it sounds really great. Uh, so, how many different how many different T-shirts do you have? How many different designs right now? The pr- this 
current collection is 15 styles. It's a 15 style collection, um, 13 men's styles, two women's styles. You know, going forward, we're going to even it out and, and start doing, um, you know, a, a higher number of, of women's styles as well. But this particular collection is is a 15 style collection. You know, and our next collection, which is which is coming out in in June, is probably going to be, you know, the same on the men's side and 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 with a few additions on on the women's side. And I suppose, you know, going forward, it, the idea is to get, uh, you know, consistently bigger and, and do, uh, you know, more things than what we're doing now and, and eventually move away from doing only T-shirts um, to, you know, more more RTW stuff, uh, ready-to-wear stuff. You know, just kind of a, a larger suite of sportswear-type offerings. No, I think that sounds great. I think that sounds great. Did we go through all of the questions? Um, you know, I think we, we've, we've, I, I hope we've covered, uh, you know, everything. I mean, I would just say that, that, you know, one, one of the things that, that we're trying to do is, is sort of be trend setting, but again, in a way that, that's, uh, relatable and, and just kind of for this, the rest of this year, you know, one of the, a couple of trends I see that I think that we're, we're sort of, you know, uh, on the leading edge of, or hopefully on the leading edge of, is is just with with this type of sort of you know higher price point T-shirt. Uh, with a, we're going for less vintage and more luxe, which I think I, I said you know already like over the past few years, the the vintage look is is has been getting less. <clears throat> for instance, while you might have a vintage wash, there's less hand distressing than there was. Even a couple of years ago, um, so so less vintage and more luxurious going forward in terms of what I think people are going to be buying and and looking for because you know obviously you know we're always looking for something something new. Well, I think that you know from an advice standpoint, from a public relations advice standpoint, and breaking through the clutter, one of the things that you said you know during the broadcast is the fact that you know you are taking you know images and you're making you know subtle statements with them and you know it's not in your face it's you know it it's integrating art into acceptable and enjoyable design um you know making subtle statements instead of loud statements um, and I think that's something that it, the culture is ready for right now you know we went through fashion you know, big colors and loud and, you know, last season, even for men, they were showing big, bold colors getting away from black. Um, you know, subtle integration is probably a trend that, you know, you have foreseen and forecast and taken into your art and your design. Um, and you're to be congratulated for that because most designers have to, just like public relations people, have to measure trends. Definitely. Um, and it seems to me from the images that you're describing, and if you could look at it online at what website? Go ahead, Peter. It's at www.pjelosangeles, all one word, pjelosangeles.com. Um, you will see that, you know, these images are really sort of fun. It's the kind of thing that you could, you know, wear when you're going out to Koi to have dinner or Patina restaurants to have dinner and, uh, you know, um, look really good, whether you're a male or a female, and certainly get questions about it. And I think that's what you wanted. You wanted people to provoke. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, 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 the, it's the kind of thing, you know, everybody likes when they're wearing something and, and people stop them on the street and say, wow, where did you get that? I mean, we all like that. I, I suppose maybe if we're, you know, sort of antisocial, we might not like that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's gratifying because it, it says that you, the, the person, in the garment, you know, have, have made a good choice. And it's, it's, you know, it's like a little ego lift, and it's, it's fun. Um, so I think, you know, whatever people wear, whether it's, you know, my stuff or somebody else's stuff, to have somebody comment favorably on it is always very gratifying. No, I, I think that's terrific. I think that's really, really terrific. Um, and people are going to buy T-shirts, you know, for eternity, aren't they? Because of the comfort and because of a casualness that's acceptable in society today. Right. I mean, that and, you know, the great thing about, about T-shirts in general is, A, people are always going to buy them because they're sort of a very basic part of our, our 
you know, wardrobe. And, you know, the, on the other side, as somebody who's, you know, manufacturing them and, and selling them, you know, it's not like a, a zero-sum game. If somebody buys somebody else's T-shirt or if somebody buys my T-shirt, it doesn't mean they're not going to buy somebody else's. You know, it's, it's like if you buy, you know, a, a Ford Explorer, that probably means for the next few years you're not going to buy a Toyota 4Runner or, or, you know, equivalent of the other brands. Where if somebody buys, you know, a T-shirt from me, they can the same day buy a T-shirt from five other people or the next day um, and, and vice versa. So I would say it's definitely, you know, something that, that people are always going to buy and that, that you don't have to worry about uh, being shut out because they're buying somebody else's. However, on the flip side, because... T-shirts are something that everybody's buying, and because it's a fairly low barrier to entry business, I mean, say, compared to something like building cars, it does mean that there's a lot more competition because anybody and their their brother can kind of set up uh, this type of company. No. Now that I'm looking at the T-shirts, I have to say they're kind of extraordinary. I don't think anybody and their brother can do it. <laughs> well, I mean, you have to, no, no, no. I mean, these T-shirts are really, you know, they're extraordinary. You did a very great job, you know, in, you know, covert integration and, you know, not looking like a clown when you're walking in somewhere and, you know, making it very high, you know, making it very high fashion, almost like, you know, sort of the design. You know how Calvin Klein T-shirts became very, very in if you wore the black Calvin Klein T-shirt a couple of years ago? Sure. Um, you know, this is like, you know, the Peter Epstein design. It's very subtle. <laughs> um, you know, you could feel very cool when you're going someplace in it, and people are not going to immediately, the designs are very subtle. You're not walking in there, you know, looking like, you know, some kind of drag queen entertainer. Right. You know, you're really, you're looking like you're making a statement. It's very subtle. Um, I think that men can feel very masculine in it, and females, you know, females can feel very sexy in it. Um, you know, you have to be careful with what you wear. Yeah, well, I, you know, definitely, I, I agree that you, you know, need to be careful with what you wear. And, and you know, what we're kind of going for again is like sort of a casual sophistication, kind of just kind of a comfortably effortless, nothing to prove look. Like you're just looking good, and that's you know, you're not, you're not being a jerk about it or trying well, too hard. Say, you're just you're looking good and you're feeling good because you put so much work into the material and the softness and the fact that, you know, you're not going to be scratching yourself all night. And on that note, we're going to have to wrap up the show. Okay. <laughs> I want to thank I want to thank you, Peter Epstein, President, PJE Los Angeles, a division of Peter Epstein Clothing. And please take a look at www.pjelosangeles.com. Thank you, Peter. Thanks, Cindy, for having me. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific time for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. We'll see you next week.